You're listening to Black Shoe Diaries podcast. Uh, I don't even know what number this is, and it, it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, Chris Grovich is here. That's that's me. Uh, Kevin Powers from DC. Uh, Kevin, what's up? Uh, you know, just um, nothing. Stages of grief, going through them and uh, living it. Uh, joining us also is Patrick Vint, our old slow states friend and uh, uh, curator of Black Heart Gold Pants, and also. Uh, uh, went through a similar situation, perhaps uh, not nearly as bad as, as what we have here, although it was certainly, you know, who, who, who really wants to compare sexual crimes here in terms of severity? Uh, what's up, man? I bought a new bike yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good times. Pretty awesome. <laughs> we were just Anything talking. going on with you guys? I, I liked it better when football was our collective distraction rather than right? bike. Oh, right? I, I'm honestly spent at this point. I've been thinking about what we were going to talk about tonight, and and it's just, you know, I've I've poured a lot of energy into into writing those posts on the front page. I was up until three thirty on Sunday morning, writing uh, writing one of those the uh, obligations and allegations, and it it threw my sleep off so badly that I couldn't go to work on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) I woke woke up at nine. I'm like, "Mm -mm, nope, can't do it. After an entire day of of enduring this, we I I go out uh, I go out to dinner after work. Sports, uh, not sports bar, like an Irish bar. There's TVs on the wall. There's TVs on the wall on mute. It's all Paterno. Yeah. The table to our left was talking about whether Paterno will come back. The table on our right was uh, the uh, the young lady was giving the full primer to to the gentleman who had taken her out, probably thinking he was taking her out for a date instead of a, <laughs> a briefing on, on the worst <laughs> crime yeah. ever committed in college sports. So I, not only is it inescapable, but it, it's... Um, it's hard to even process. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, me being in Harrisburg is, is pretty much where this story started, at least from a media standpoint. Sarah, I, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Sarah Gannam from the Harrisburg Patriot News is the one who broke the news of the grand jury investigation being conducted in the first place. This was back in, I believe, December of last year or January of this year, and I think that's sort of why there are a lot of Penn State fans complaining, a lot of people generally complaining that the coverage on this is focusing on Joe Paterno, um, less so on Graham Spanier, them being, you know, the two most visible people in this story from, from the administrative cover-up standpoint. And I think the reason for that is we all knew that something was going on. At least, you know, if you're a Penn State fan, you knew something was out there lurking on Jerry Sandusky. And unfortunately these sorts of crimes go on everywhere. And that's, that's horrible to say, and it's horrible to acknowledge and it's horrible generally, but nobody's surprised when they read a story in the paper about pedophilia. Uh, They are surprised when it happens in a a collegiate football locker room uh, run by, well, not run by, but sort of administratively overseen by Joe Paterno being the, you know, legendary man of, of 66 years in happy Valley. And, ruler of, of Penn State, essentially. And then the uh, the allegations with with the cover-up are just just mind-blowing. So I, I understand the outrage on why uh, people think they shouldn't be focused on Paterno, but I think we're collectively... Like, we all agree on Sandusky. <laughs> like nobody's, you know... We're clear on that. Yeah, there, yeah. there's no debating that situation and, at all. And, and we, we were talking just before, just to give a an idea of the scope of this thing. We were talking before we started recording the podcast that we've received media requests from God, all sorts of 
ridiculous places. Ben Jones, who's going to be joining us hopefully in about 15 or 20 minutes, he's hustling his ass off uh, and has, has suddenly gone. I have to check it now. I don't know how many followers he had on Twitter this morning. but He was of, in like the 600s, I think. And he's in 4518. Yeah. <laughs> 4518. And uh, apparently he may be on the Scott Van Pelt show tomorrow on ESPN Radio. He's which, going to. Which is It's fan, been confirmed. Which which <laughs> it's been confirmed by Scott Van Pelt via Twitter. <laughs> yes. And and I'm not, I'm not lying, it actually has been. Um, ironically is working the uh, Heisenberg icon um, from Breaking Bad because Ben Jones is Heisenberg. <laughs> well, and, and also, Kevin was on Sports Radio in Richmond today. Uh, Jeff Junstrom was on Sports Radio in Pittsburgh today. And I got a request at 4 o'clock this afternoon uh, to be on Versus on NBC Sports Talk on TV nationally. <laughs> and m- me, the man with a face for podcasting. Um, <laughs> We've already gone, and, and I said I, I got the email, and I said to my wife, like, "What, what the hell should, what, what should I do with this?" She's like, "Do it, do it, do it." Like, yeah, shit, I don't know. And I, I agreed to it, and and it was originally supposed to be at six oh seven tonight, and um, unfortunately, at work today, I was in my uh, my government lawyer casual, which essentially is an old navy zip up. Uh, sweater. <laughs> so I really wasn't television worthy. I actually sent a picture of myself to the guy, to the producer. I'm like, I'm cool with this if you are, but you know, just so you know, this is what I'm wearing because I was getting out of work about quarter after five and they wanted me on live television at six Oh seven. And he's like, okay, maybe we'll try tomorrow then. And so I'm, I'm scheduled for six o'clock. I believe at the beginning of the show. Uh, tomorrow, that's Wednesday, on Versus, NBC Sports Talk with Russ, Russ Fowler, I, I believe is his name. Um, today, they, in, in, in my coveted 607 slot, you know who they got? John Feinstein. The hell is, <laughs> oh! The, the hell has that guy ever done? Talk about <laughs> season on the brink. <laughs> hey Whoa! John Jr. Feinstein. Yeah. Well played. I was, I, I, it was it was six o'clock. I got home. I'm making dinner. I'm like, oh, I should do some like you know scouting. <laughs> What's this show all about? I've never seen it before. Um, yeah, and, and they bring Feinstein on at, at six o seven. Like, damn, dude! Right after Lavar Arrington. <laughs> like, man, I don't belong on this. They don't. They have no idea how poor of a decision they're making with this. And it's, uh, it's going to be about five minutes from what they told me. And, and it probably will get canceled because rumors already are that Graham Spanier is about to be fired tonight. And Joe Paterno may follow tomorrow. Um, there is a huge scene, if you're following Ben on Twitter, outside Joe Paterno's house tonight where students essentially marched over there in a support for P- Joe Paterno. Dennis Dodd. Or, excuse me, Greg Doyle also was, was marking. Greg Doyle, Greg Doyle was tweeting that he was in the woods behind Paterno's house. Yes. Both, both G's of Greg Doyle were at Joe Paterno's house this morning. <laughs> I mean, granted, there's no aspect of this story that is not creepy, creepy obviously. Um, hiding behind Joe Paterno's house is one of them. It's very low on the list, but it qualifies. It makes the list. Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean... He he certainly could uh, get well. I mean, he get arrested for that. I think, quite frankly. I mean, I believe yeah. there's I believe there's some sort of park behind his house. But he, he tweeted a picture of it, and it looked like he was quite literally like stalking the place. It was uh, very very strange. And I mean, it's it's 
it's Happy Valley, so it's at least 11 or 12 years before he gets arrested for it, but he could arrest him. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, well, you know. I any, have to, I'm sorry. No, any, 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 joke, any, <laughs> any joke is, is well-deserved at this point. One, I, I saw one of them, and this is terrible to even say, but apparently someone on an Ohio State message board, so there you have it, said yep. they were replacing the lion roar in Beaver Stadium with ice cream truck music. There you go, and and you know for as as um, much as much as people pounced on Ohio State, and I was certainly one of them for how they covered up all that total bullshit. Now, you know, we were even at the time when we were doing Slow States podcasts, we're like, you know, the crime here is the lie. They're getting tattoos and and weed, and you know that's you know not good, but it's not SMU. Yeah, I, I got asked that this morning from a, a this print is, guy yeah. that I had a call with. And he goes, so what do you think? You know, the, the, the cover-up is worse than the crime. It's always true, right? And I go, it's, it's not. It's no. not always true. <laughs> no, it's, it's usually true. It's usually the undoing of, of large administrative organizations. It's just not, it's not untrue here. It's, it's no. so, the crime was so bad that even, even the, the kind of idea that you, aren't, that you aren't fully just shouting it from the rooftops is is way worse than anything that happened to Ohio, at Ohio State. Yeah, and... No, look, I mean, there, there's been one... I, I, someone asked me today about this. I said, there, this is the worst thing that's happened to a college football program in my lifetime. And I would say it's the worst thing that happened to any program in general except for the thing at Baylor in basketball. Yeah, and I mean, that's, what, that's the sort of comparison I was struggling with. Like, is this worse? And, yeah. you know, and somebody, Adam, Adam Collier, I believe, uh, one, another one of our writers... Made a very good point. Like, why are we comparing this? And, and, and we're we're not really. It's just you know, we're we're not making a checklist. And uh, yeah. Well, you try to put you try to put all this stuff in context. That's the thing. And right, I can't and it, I can't think of anything else that even approaches this. And that's the only one where somebody got murdered. And even that was just a coach, you know, sort of running amok and and covering things up. This is we're talking about the university president. We're talking about Joe Paterno. We're talking about the guy who is, at least nominally, the, the the guy who the police force on campus reports to ultimately. Right. Who who is a forty year Penn Stater? That's, they're all forty year Penn Staters. Tim Curley played for Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno essentially put Tim Curley in that position. You know, a lot of people keep saying that. Oh, he you know Paterno reported it to his boss. Well, yeah, I guess. But is anybody really doubting that Joe Paterno runs the athletic? <laughs> up there, you know, right? Who, who are we? Who are we kidding here? I understand. Joe runs the school, quite frankly. He, I mean, Joe very well could. Joe's the most powerful man on the campus. Well, the, the Grantland article today was great, and in, in, in that he may yeah. not he might not administratively tinker with every detail of the school. He he might not fire English professors and hire new ones, um, but he he's deity. He's royalty there. You yeah. know, at, at the very least, he he intimately knows somebody at the State College Police Department. Or even at the Pennsylvania State Trooper kind of organization, I mean, there's no there's no disconnection for him. The portion of the grand jury testimony or the grand jury presentment, which I struggled to read, and I had to read it a few times just to make sure I had the facts correct in the posts. The part I keep coming back to is that none of this was brought to the attention of the police, with the exception of the 1998 incident, which was apparently squashed by then GA Ray uh, Ray Greekar who is now presumed dead and missing. And people are trying to tie that into the story too, which is way too, uh, you know, sensational even for me. Um, 
that this didn't come to light until the grand jury testimony in 2008. The, these crimes still wouldn't be reported if it wasn't for the high school in Clinton County. Right. You know, that's, it, that's utterly incomprehensible. And news tonight, as, as of this recording at 9.23 p.m., there are now 20, uh, 20 victims who have come forward. We've gone, that, from, you've gone from eight to 20 and you know, there are more and there were, there's 15 years of this. There's no way there were eight. There's at least 15 years of this. And he, and he had a, he, he effectively had, you know, this sounds awful to say, but I can't imagine a guy that demented, that heinous with basically a blank check, you know, that, that that's, it's completely, completely disgusting. And, and just, you want to, you want to just get sick thinking about how, how bad and wide a net this is probably going to be. Kind of cast when it's yeah. all over, and, and I want to give Joe Paterno credit, and I want to give you know the accused uh, administrators credit in this. But Sandusky was he brought a child to a 2007 practice. Yeah, he was wor- he was working out in the Penn State locker room last week. He was hanging out apparently in the uh, the luxury suites at Beaver Stadium this season. You know that that's enough for me. That's enough to say that these clowns have to go, all of them. I'm sorry. That that's it. It's it's hard to it's hard to read this stuff because you immediately get worked up about yeah, it. Yeah, you do. For good reason, for completely good reasons. And then when you're worked up about it, it's very easy to to just objectively look at this stuff and say this is this is completely unacceptable. Like in the truest sense of the word. And you know, I will say though, I had my my first 5 minutes of kind of regret um this evening basically at dinner. They're talking about Joe Paterno. You know, you start thinking about all the great one-liners he's had, all the great stories you hear about him talking to this kid or this testimonial from this player who, you know. And, you know, you look at Matt Millen, you, you listen to LeVar Arrington, who have, you know, tons of respect for these guys. And it's it's not that Joe Paterno, that we were fooled, I don't think. I mean, we, we were, but that's kind of the footnote. What What's just so fucking depressing is that he... He had all of these great, you know, as a Grant Link guy said, like he wants to smash his recording of the national championship during his whole life. I mean, there, there's all these great, truly, you know, sincere moments and, and stories. Yeah. And they're all just totally, you know, there, there's no way you can, they're tainted. Everything is just, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the ink on that sweater that's like, you stole it and tried to break the cartridge and it splattered all, all over a perfectly good sweater. It's like, it's yeah. just. Yeah. It's just um it's just it's just sad, man. It's and it's it's sad and it's outrageous and it's just horrifying and I mean you run I, I, I find myself either completely unable to speak about it or the words are flying out of my mouth before I can even properly regulate them or filter them in my head. It it the emotional response is obviously astronomical. I, I don't know. I mean, and a lot of people are saying, well, we need to focus on the team. Well, no, we, we really don't. I mean, granted, they deserve better. I mean, I, I, as I mentioned in the, in the post this morning where I said basically everybody has to go. The team deserves better, but everyone deserves better in this instance. And, you know, right. we deserve better. Patrick, as a fan of football, deserves better. Um, you know, the, the, the victims obviously deserve a hell of a lot better. Another part of this that drives me insane is that such little effort was made to find out who these boys were and to get them the help they need. And that's the one thing we can't, you know, you can't lose sight of that. And I hope God, I hope I remember 
to say that the first thing, if I actually am on television tomorrow, that, you know, that's the, that's the focus. It has to be. But I mean, this, this is going to drag out for years and years. Gary Schultz, by the way, as of July 1st, 2011, and this is still on Penn State's website, was the uh, sitting treasurer on the board of trustees. I, I was surprised to learn that uh, Graham Spaniard is a marriage and family counselor. Yeah. Did you guys know that? <laughs> also wow. also on the board. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he, he mentioned that in the grand jury testimony. And, and the fact that these guys are just playing dumb and characterizing it on, you know, as horsing around or whatever it is, just give, give me a break. In related news, Harvey Updike is a botanist. No good. I mean, wow. <laughs> that's that's shocking. Yes. I I, I have a joke, but I'm not going to go with it today. That I, I I can't. Um, I'm glad I could be here for comic relief for you guys. Yeah, that, that's fine. <laughs> that's really all I can do with this. This, this podcast would have just been Chris and I shouting agreements at each other. <laughs> honestly, yeah, honestly, we, we we need the buffer, and I'm, I'm glad you're here. When Iowa went through this, they similarly handled it in the most clumsy way imaginable possibly until what yes. we saw this afternoon in Happy Valley and Ben just sent me a sent me a message. He's gonna get his headphones and he's gonna gonna join us. So we'll adjourn and, and I'll come back and, and bask in his glory of the day. <laughs> yes. But um when this happened to Iowa, remind everybody if you can, can condense it at all. What happened and how Iowa just sort of squashed it? Because Iowa's not exactly known for their public relations skills either, even going to the no. the Rabdo incident. What, what happened at Iowa was um, in 07, two freshmen were accused of rape, basically. I mean, it was sexual assault, which is the Iowa version of rape. And we kind of heard about it in mid-October, and it wasn't until uh, mid-November that charges were actually filed. And the the case kind of just floated away for a little while. Ferentz suspended the players for violation of team rules in October, dismissed them when the charges came out in November, and then like it kind of floated through the court system by itself until the next July when one of the local newspapers got a hold of a letter from the victim's mom right. who was saying basically that the university had botched the investigation, had told them, to pursue a um, a remedy that didn't involve getting the cops involved, um, that that there'd been a meeting between um, the victim, the victim's dad, Ference, the AD Gary Barda, a couple other people, um, where they were basically kind of strong armed into keeping it hush hush, um, and all hell broke loose here. Um, it, it felt up until today. When when it really got crazy in State College, your situation felt like our situation did then. Um, the difference being that in your situation, it was somebody who'd been on the staff for 30 years. Yeah. And who had been kind of coddled for 15 years, even after um, the charges came, or after the, the first hint of a problem came out, where at least in our case, the guys had been suspended once it, once it came out. Um, and, and another weird, I mean, difference at least is that in Iowa they were trying to play hush hush with, with, with the victim. At Penn State, it was just pretty much ignored, right? And I'm not I sure. Mean, which it, is, I'm not sure which is worse. Well, <laughs> and it was it was what they what they did at Iowa was that that Iowa had a there was there were three processes you could possibly use. 
there was what they called a, an informal process, which was like if somebody kept, you know, stealing your food from your dorm room, you could have an informal process done where someone comes and goes, stop stealing their food from their dorm room and it all kind of ends. There was no like formal punishment to it. It was just that was what they did. There was a, a formal mechanism where there could be a punishment administered, and then there was going to the cops. And the funny thing was the letter that came from the, the victim's family kept talking about how this informal process was used and it shouldn't have been used. They wouldn't have known about it if somebody hadn't have told them that there was an informal process. And it became abundantly clear after like a minute and a half that Iowa had gone to them and done the stop stealing people's food and turned it into stop sexually assaulting people <laughs> and made like a perspective thing and said like that's all we're going to do. Um, and it was at that point that we kind of ended up, up in a fight with a bunch of people, but that's neither here nor there. And, and, and you know, the, like I said, the big difference was that it wasn't somebody who was on the staff. It was a, a player. player was dismissed, yada, yada, yada. And it was only about a month in between, even though it seemed like an eternity dust at that time. It's nothing compared to the time that was involved here. Um, the other big thing was at, at one point, when the letter came out, it really felt like we could have the massive bloodletting that could possibly be going on at Penn State now, where AD, coach, president, everybody goes. What, and, instead, no, and nobody went there, right? Well, well, what happened was, instead, they were able to somehow, I don't, I, it, was, it was like ninja stuff. Sally Mason, our president, is seriously a genius making this happen. I don't know how she pulled it off, but she somehow turned the investigation from how did you all know about this and let this happen to the um, university attorney, uh, chief legal counsel, and then the head of student services got kind of a turf war over who was supposed to conduct the investigation because that's mm-hmm. exactly what you want in a case like this is to have bureaucracy fighting over who gets to do what they're supposed to be doing. Um, they got into a fight over it basically, you know, when this was going on. And because of that, she was able to turn all of the pressure onto them and get those two fired. And then in, in doing that, take all the pressure off her and the AD and Ference and everybody else who was involved. You know, our point was a lot like the point that, that you guys are making with Paterno now. And I think it's absolutely the right point is Ference was at this meeting. Everybody kind of agreed that he had been to a meeting with the, the dad and the victim and, um, you know, all of the other people that were involved in this case, he had to know better than to say, let's go with the informal mechanism that says stop stealing the food, you know? And if he did, if he, if he didn't, he's in, immoral. And if he did, he was wrong. And so he should go. Um, I think the bigger difference with our case and your case was that, there was still a little bit of a hint of whether he knew anything, you know, that he was just kind of there at the meeting nodding his head. And I think everybody seems to agree that Joe's known for a long time exactly what was going on. And because of that, it, I think the near consensus tonight, except for a couple hundred, I'll go ahead and say morons yeah, outside his house, um, it seems to be that it's time for Joe to go. He, you know, the, the, you know it's you know it's a bad situation when he's having his son schedule a kind of rogue press conference from a guy who 
has spent his entire career basically trying to make the press conference an extinct thing. So I, I don't know. I don't know how in the world, you know, he, you know, the, the other thing is we've seen him in much lesser circumstances really just dig his heels in, um, which just makes me cringe. At that, how may, that may still happen. By the way. I, think, I think it, I think it will. I think, and, you know, that when the ESP, also ESPN's bottom line is reading something along the lines of support for Paterno is eroding in the board of directors. I mean, that, when they're reporting that. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently it's not eroding dur- uh, in the student body. I just saw a tweet that said a hundred Penn state students have surrounded the Joe Paterno statue and are, are singing. Don't stop believing. That Stay classy. Sense. That's, that's, that's a crime of, that's a crime of ignorance right there. It, I mean, it, like, it is. I mean, who, who are we? Come on. Cut the hero I, worship for a night. And yeah. go storm Graham Spaniard's mansion. You know, go occupy old man. Go do something. You look like idiots. Right. Singing zombie nation and seven nation army in front of Joe Paterno's house. Come on. Read. Read the grand jury presentment. And, and tell me, you know, tell me how far you want to get behind this guy. Now, he may be the least culpable among the group, but that doesn't mean he's innocent. Right. And it doesn't mean he's a criminal. It doesn't, no, mean I, he's, it doesn't mean he's innocent. I and think there's the distinguishing factor. Yeah. You know, and David Jones makes, makes a very good point, which is not being made and certainly wasn't made on any of the radio I listened to and, and definitely not on any of the, the uh, you know, we, I can still call them preachy and, and correct kind of tweets and blog posts. But, but, you know, people are complicated. Paterno is very complicated. All of these guys are very complicated. You know, Chris, you did a great job of outlining like a lot of the good things. Um, that that were good things. They weren't, you know, scam kind of PR moves. So it, it's that that once that sets in, how great that was, how awful this is, and how you move on. And it's just, um, I, I don't know. I don't. I can't. I'm not yet at the point where I can comprehend what this means for the long term. You know, how many people are going to be disenfranchised by this? How many? How many? You know, are we now the enemy? Are we? It's it's just. It, I don't. It completely changes the entire paradigm. Yeah, I mean, and there, there's always been a segment of our fan base that, no matter what, was always going to defend Joe Paterno, and I'm just disappointed that what has is this. You know, it, it's I don't know. It, it, there, there's just a, a, a failure, just an utter failure. And you know, I love the guy too. I really do. Grew up idolizing him. My dad went to Penn State. I went to Penn State. My brother went to Penn State. We've been going to those games since I was about four years old. The, the you know, Penn State football and Penn State in general means a hell of a lot to me. And this is just, it's unforgivable. Everybody involved shares in this. And now there are 20 uh, victims coming forward and there are going to be more. And that's, yep. that's sort of the, uh, uh, a byproduct of the national media getting involved in this as well, because state college isn't really equipped to handle these people. You know, if, if today's press conference was any indication, you, you basically snubbed all those people, then turned them loose to, right. to, to interview the entire campus and to, to interview as many sources as they could find. Good job. Way to control it. You, <laughs> yeah. you, 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 even if you're wrong, even if you think you're wrong, you get out there as soon as you can you say this happened or we're sorry or holy shit, this is never going to happen again. And instead they've turtled up every last one of them. Uh, it's, 
it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Ben has um, indicated that he's ready, I believe. So we're going to we're gonna bring him in now. Wait, before we really get rolling on this, um, I, I want to let you know that the fact that you were ahead of John Jr. Feinstein is really sitting <laughs> high with all the Tony Kornheiser show fans. <laughs> <laughs> I just sent it to Michael Graham See? and this guy Joe, who's uh, an old Iowa fan, who listened to Kornheiser, and they're all like, whoa. Grovich was out was ahead of John Jr. Fine's team. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see if they have me on tomorrow. Maybe they'll replace me with Skip Bayless or something. Michael Graham just sent Junior was there belching and or cursing because that's all <laughs> it, Junior does is belch and curse. It, it was a lot like you might expect it was. But the thing is, nobody that goes on a show like that's going to have anything different to say at this point. Like, yeah, you got to fire them all. Of course, you, you just. Do. You just missed the most surreal like conversation I've ever had. I'm like, I finally get home from campus, and the phone rings, and my mom's like, uh, Ben, Scott Ben Pelt's on the phone for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh By the God. way, Ben, congratulations, buddy. You just yeah. had a yeah. time. Yeah, you've been doing an awesome job. You've had a huge day. The only uh, person who has won today is, is Ben Jones. <laughs> it's so like, I was like, cool, I might get over 1,000. Followers, I, it was actually funny because I, I looked at, at Patrick's account earlier in the week and I was like, someday I'll have that many followers. <laughs> yeah, you and blew by me today. Now you piss on Patrick's follow account. <laughs> I just nuked it. I, I mean, what am I going to tweet about now? Like, I'm going to be like the Chip Brown of, of things. Everybody's going to follow me for like two weeks. That's <laughs> right. Like, why, why do I still and have this guy? Of, of like, go Flyers and I'm going to watch my follower accounts. Like split in half. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Um, if we're gonna get vain about this, I have five ninety two, and I went up by about a hundred throughout this. Ben, um, you are now at God, sort eight of a, million. Eight million. Let's see. You're at Kardashian levels. This is, this is so, it makes me so happy. Forty five ninety seven. That's great, man. That's, that's awesome. incredible. <laughs> and, uh, since I left work, that's impressive. <laughs> Congratulations, bud. Like I remember when nobody read my blog. Yeah, look at you, look at you now. And it could have been old Buckle Up. I saw him today. Oh no! What was he doing? Leaning up against a porta potty, writing on his laptop. I do not make this up. I wonder if he gets ESPN Radio on his laptop. Uh, I should. I unfriended him, so I can't even post it on his wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell us about your day from beginning to, to end, and, and we'll just pepper you with questions throughout, because um, as, as part of your ascendancy to uh, superstardom today, you, uh, you woke up this morning, and what was the plan? What was the, uh, you know, what was... What did I do? Ah, that seems like so long ago. I, I uh, bet it does. <laughs> I, like, woke up, and I texted a couple people because I wanted to see what time they were getting to the press conference. And they're like, well, I'm already there. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not getting there at 830. I'm not standing in line that long because I know what Joe's going to say, and I don't need to be there for four hours beforehand to hear it. So I got to the stadium around probably 1030, and we just sort of stood there, and there's like all the, like the, the national media people are like all angry they can't get in. And I, I really wanted to tell them what the – like the press conference room looked like. It's like, you're not really waiting for anything exciting. 
So and I saw I saw the picture you tweeted, and the line was essentially, you know, around the block. Yeah, and there were even more people behind me. So we were just like standing around there, and the like. I guess like all these ESPN people must hide because they like tweet about where they are, but you never see him. Like I never saw Pat Forty, but he's like he's here somewhere. And I like Greg Dobbs's picture from like behind Paterno's house, like through the woods, or whoever it was. Greg Doyle, yeah. Doyle, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't don't don't, don't, start, don't you start bringing up bad Phillies pinch hitters with me, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you like didn't know that Paterno lived right next to a park, you'd just think he's like climbing through the bush back there. <laughs> that was unbelievable. It's like all shaky and everything. He's like, I gotta take it, and then I have to run. But uh, so I actually I checked Twitter like 30 seconds before all hell broke loose, and I was like, President Spanier cancels press conference. Paterno disappointed. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe somebody's just trolling me. But it was coming out of like the Penn Live account, so I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, this isn't good." So I like talked to a couple people, and uh, what's his face showed up. The dude that read the uh, the statement is that uh, Jeff Nelson. Yeah, Jeff Nelson shows up, and he's like, "I have this statement," and he reads the statement, and everybody's like, "Are you serious?" And instead of walking back to Kate, the, the way he went, I I think I have some video of it. He like walks around the barricade and past everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like instead of getting back at the car, he just walks. He just starts walking towards the Jordan Center. I watched. Like, <laughs> yeah, I watched oh, the uh, the video on Penn Live by uh, David Jones and, and Bob Flounders talking about that moment. And actually, they're, they're, well, both both videos are worth watching. Talking about the the canceled press conference. <clears throat> sorry, in the first place. And then there's the video just of Jeff Nelson giving that sh- sort of, you know, two paragraph statement and walking away. And everybody's like, Jeff, wait, wait. And it, the, the video just cuts off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, just sort of him walking into the horizon. And then he turns, like, when he gets to the end of that fence, he turns around and starts coming back towards everyone and just keeps walking. And he gets mugged and he's like, no, 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 no questions, no comments. And then. He just like disappeared. I couldn't even tell where he went. I think he got in a car, but there was, or maybe they ate him. I'm not sure. It was like (laughs) children of the corn sort of thing going on there. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, the statement, that, that whole thing, we could talk about that for like 15 minutes all all on its own. I mean, he was essentially like, I've traveled many miles to tell you this. There is no hope. (laughs) Just go home. Thank you. That's the thing. All these people come in from all over the country and, they're waiting in line all morning, and then that happens. And yeah. as I said before you came on, the Penn State administration essentially just set a bunch of really pissed off journalists free to go find whatever it is they had on their own. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, well, we're we're going for this. And I, I'm sure you saw by now that there are up to 20 victims that have been coming forward. Yeah, but I, Scott, I, I don't like doing this, but Scott Van Pelt told me. Scott, he said some hilarious things. SVP, my boy. I'll have to tell you in a forum that's not going to end up on the internet. Uh, he's like they they they're only comfortable with nine, but it's like some Fox News outlet wants to make it twenty, which is pretty foxy. It's, yeah, it was Fox twenty nine out of Philly, I believe. They're like, yeah, I, I I don't know where they're getting the twenty from. I only heard the one today. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It just seems a little premature. Well, I hope it is. Yeah, so do I. mean, obviously, so do I. But it's just like to go from 8 to 20 in a day. 
So you, so you, the the press conference, non press conference breaks up. Where do you go? Uh, I took a picture of the uh, the press release, and then I tweeted it out, and that's how that got out there. And then I just drove home because I didn't need to like stand. And it was essentially like the, all the reporters are like, "Well, if I can't interview Joe, I might as well interview another reporter." So they were like taking turns, <laughs> like filming each other about their collective outrage. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll go home. And I uploaded that video and the picture and everything. And and that's the thing. It's not like, like, I didn't do anything today that nobody else could have done. It wasn't like, like, I didn't call Tim Curley up and was like, what are you going to do? And then he told me. People just want, like, pictures and information that you can get if you just go there. But, like, like Fight on State takes, like, six hours to get their video up of a statement. By the time it's up, nobody cares anymore. Right. So it's just, like, how fast you can do it. That's my secret to success. Fair. I know no. Very impressive. I just, I just sit in my basement with my. I don't even have a fat wife. <laughs> By the way, hey, while we're on the subject, yes. Um, breaking news: Captain Steve has lost his race for the oh. Iowa City City Council. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I demand a recount. I'm doing laps around my house right now. In <laughs> Captain <Victoria>. Steve. <laughs> Captain Steve has lost. Uh, Real shame. <laughs> so I've tr- never I've I I was listening to that in the library and I've never like tried not to laugh so hard before. <laughs> like I thought it was like I thought you were being serious for a little bit and then you're like I want a job and I was like oh this is where it goes downhill. <laughs> I'm still I'm still very upset that I wasn't able to be your drunk caller. I know that would have been great. <laughs> I had to fake it. Like it, it's, it was, I was practicing my drunk uh, call-in voice at like one thirty in the morning, like <laughs> trying, to, trying to like keep it muffled so I would wake the baby up, and I did anyway. But anyway, Ben, um, you okay? You drive home, so ben, I, I get what home. What's happening? And I, uh, if you really want to know, I made a sandwich. <laughs> okay, now what kind of sandwich was it? Bologna and cheese with okay. two pieces of bologna and two pieces of cheese. Okay, is, is that what's going on? I wrapped it up in like one of those, like like a little flat piece of bread, flatbread, I guess that's, it describes what it is. Oh, is that what Scott Van Pelt eats? Wait. I don't, I hadn't, I hadn't met yeah. him yet. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so I like, it turns out that Sports by Brooks is following me, which I have like, I feel like I have to wash my hands every time I tweet. Now. Yeah. <laughs> But he, like, said some outrageous thing. He likes to take the truth and then, like, add, like, just some outrageous comment at the end. He'll be like, should Joe Paterno retire sometime this week or next week because he's a fan of child rape? It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I saw him tweet earlier that the uh, police the police found two boys being raped in the shower. And I read the grand jury presentment a few times, and I'm pretty sure that's the part I would have focused on if, if that had actually happened. Yeah, and and now I know how the Ohio State fans feel. <laughs> I uh, like douchebags. Like <laughs> boom, it's always a good day for an Ohio State burn. <laughs> oh, now I feel okay. Let's let's move on. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's talk yeah, Nebraska. Yeah. Our, uh, our longtime defensive coordinator's been indicted for molestation, but hey, at least we're not Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> If you sold that T-shirt right now in Happy Valley, I think you'd make a little bit of money. You probably would. So, like, I, I tweeted at him, and I was like, you know, that's just not true. And he, like, messaged me back. He, like, direct messaged me. He's, like, gave me, like, four long, 
like tweets about like how he substantiated it from like some things he pulled out of his ass and and I was like okay and I, I like talked to him for a little bit and I finished it up and I was like I've been around all of campus and I'm pretty sure no one that plays for Penn State drives a nice car so we're safe right <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen any SUVs since I got here have we do, have we done a suit check for uh... we haven't we okay. haven't. All right. Well, you know, do we have a a comparable outlet to T Town Menswear? <laughs> We've got like Larry Johnson's like shoe store downtown. Oh yeah, well, I'd, I'd check it out. Get on that. So after do that, something useful today. Yeah. Get something done. Damn yeah. It. So then I watched Matt Millen cry. Yeah, we were talking about. Oh, oh, oh actually, I actually addressed that. I, I just posted the, a link to the video on ESPN. My God, um, you know. Matt Millen gets treated like a buffoon by pretty much everybody because of what he did in Detroit, and because and, and because of what he does on TV generally. Yeah, yeah. and he, he also, um, you know, has been at odds with Paterno. Kind of, they, they, he seems to revert to this this childlike uh, kind of demeanor when he's around Joe. Right. I don't know if anyone. It, it's um, <clears throat> it's a it's a little weird. But you you also just to like really bring home how nuts this was. When Mark May is tweeting that Matt Millen should be the president of Penn State or the athletic director of Penn State, that is when things have really just yeah. started spinning wildly out of control. Thank, thank you for the advice, Pitt graduate Mark May. Yes, it's like the Iowa State, whoever it might be, telling me who should be the president of Iowa. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say Jay Paterno should have been the AD. Who <laughs> would be good at that? And I'm being really sincere about this. That Jay Paterno guy. Uh, so tell us about we... the scene at Paterno's house. So I got there. I actually got some good video, which I have to like upload at some point. Yeah. It's just like they, the police blocked off the streets. And like the first police officer I got to, I was like, so what's going on here? He just kind of looked at me like I was trolling, and I, I thought like he was about to just go baton everybody. So I kind of wanted a heads up. You I was mad, like, I saw you mad five zero. Yeah, I was like, I saw those rides in Canada, and I'd really like to not get hit with a flashbang. <laughs> yes, <laughs> greatest and, video ever. Flashbang in the nuts. And he's like, I don't think it'll come to that, but if it does, I'll make sure to miss you. <laughs> See, that's. That, that's the kind of reason I could, I could live true. that. So, I like walk don't, don't think they wouldn't. By the way, like, they, they, oh, would, they, they would totally unleash that, that sort of stuff. He's like, and by miss you, I mean I'm going to hit you in the back of the head. <laughs> okay, it's better it's, than the nuts. Yeah, it's still better than the nuts. It's, that's it's true. It's absolutely true. And he definitely thought you were trolling. Without yeah. question, well, it was like Asante <laughs> Samuels last night with his uh, lacerated groin. Oh God. Ugh. Like I don't even know what that entails, but that's a career ender for me. <laughs> it's, it's it's ending a lot of things. But I I digress. Yeah. So we like get down to the uh, to Joe's house, and they're just like all up in the yard and everything. And I was like, oh god, they're gonna like try and break in. They're like, I know it'll be better surprise party. So let's like get into his living room. It, it was a madhouse. It's ridiculous, and and uh, like so how, I got, how long are they there before Paterno rolls in? He, I think he was already there. I think I missed him okay. getting there. But Scott Paterno, oh. who is apparently like the size of Mike McQuarrie's dad, 
he's, like he's he's a which, large he's a large man. That might not yeah. might not have been a timely joke, but uh, <laughs> he's, he, he's he's a, he's a large man. He's like trolling in the garage, like getting statements out and everything. And he basically said what he said earlier in the day, which was he's going to like try and get Joe a platform in the next day or two for media availability, which is going to be like either the greatest thing ever or like just awful. When they were talking about doing the press conference in, in the front yard, I mean, I, I'm just thinking about Terrell Owens doing sit-ups. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, and now, what the now hell? one arm push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, there was some talk while we were there that Joe was going to record a YouTube video and upload it, Ugh. which would be even more fantastic because then they wouldn't even know when it was about to happen. It would just like, all of a sudden, it would just be like Joe, like, so this is where I Skype. <laughs> <laughs> the 30-inch the thirty inch Mac screen. <laughs> that would not have been good. So Joe, like, is waving from, like, the back of his house. And Sue, Sue loves this. She came out, like, three or four times and, like, pumps her fish. She's like, yeah, oh I'm God. Sue. <laughs> and then she'd, like, go back inside. It was almost like Joe's like, come back, come on. <laughs> back and he's like stop it and then he like finally comes to the window and like Joe, Joe's generally quiet but you literally couldn't hear anything yeah that he said except for like the parts that we caught I guess that's sort of obvious but uh, he looked upset I mean on a more serious note it's like I, I grew up in state college and I remember like Kerry Collins and what that was like like being a kid you know like he was he was the coolest dude ever. Mm-hmm. And Joe was like this God. And the, like the, the Joe Paterno, I saw the night is not, you know, the same guy that I've seen all these years. So it's Ben, just, how, it's just sad. How, do you, how, how, you know, one of, one of the things I, I was asked a couple of times is, you know, this is state college, Pennsylvania. Like how are they handling this, this monsoon? So like, what, what is the, what is your sense of for, for a kind of, you know, administrative unit that's generally very much in control. Are you you get the sense they're kind of in over their head on this, or are they, or are they just kind of sticking to the program? I I think Penn State's over their head. I think that's why they had to cancel it because I don't think they they know exactly what they're doing. I don't know if that's obvious at this point or not. But I mean, State College itself is doing okay. It's not the first time we've had lots of people here. I mean. Obviously. So, I, I mean, the police have been pretty cool about it. They seem to think that as long as nobody's throwing rocks through Graham Spanier, Spanier's window, that it's no big deal. But uh, it's just a really weird feeling atmosphere. It's like one of the few times that everybody's talking about the same thing and it's not a football game. Like, there's times where something happens, like, in the rest of the country and everybody's talking about it. But there's, like, literally people everywhere. And this is all they're talking about. And just feels really weird. It's like you have to go to class because it's what you have to do. But the rest of the time, it's like I can't believe this is happening. And for a lot of people that don't know who Jerry Sandusky is, I mean, this is even more surprising because just last week everything was fine, and now it's like the end of the world practically. I've been to a second mile event with Jerry Sandusky there when I was a senior in high school. They came to Hazleton, uh, Hazleton, Pennsylvania, for those out of the area. Um, and couldn't have been more impressed with the guy. And I even gave him some sort of like ham-handed. At the time, I was possibly going to be 
offered a spot to be a, a walk-on punter at Penn State because I was way too slow and, and small and you know, like every, Andy Reid kind of punter. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I was much thinner back then. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is many many pounds ago, and uh, and many many years ago. And I'm like, hey, you know, uh, hopefully I'll see you next next year. <laughs> it was so it was so lame. And uh, he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but but, ge- actually, but generally speaking, you know, it was an impressive guy. And, and you're like, oh my god, this guy's yeah. doing all sorts of really good things. And this is in 1993. But well, I like shocking. I had been in his basement, like when I was in kindergarten. Really? Like our our student teacher was his daughter and he lives like right on the other side of the fence at the elementary school. So there was like one day she was like, we're going to take a field trip. And there was like all the permission slip signing and everything. But this is like 94 or 95. And we like went over as a class into this guy's basement and he like made us like milk and cookies and we watched film. And he seemed like this really like nice guy. And it was like, I knew who he was. I was like, this is really neat. It's Jerry Sandusky. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't, he didn't do anything. It wasn't like, you know, I don't look back on, on that time and think, like, I wish I had realized what he was doing. But no, of course not. You see it now and you're like, it just feels weird. It's yeah. so weird that somebody, I think that's what disturbs so many people is it's so, like, he could literally be anybody. You know, it's not like he's a creepy looking guy or a creepy, suspicious sort of guy. You know, he's he could be your neighbor. And, I mean, for a lot of people he was. And it's just mm-hmm. it's disconcerting. And for a lot of people who grew up in, in State College, and I believe Jesse pointed this out on on Bless Your Diaries, if you know anyone between, like, the age of 20 and 40, you probably know one of the victims. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's a good chance. It's not well, exactly, looking, a, it's not exactly I, a big community. I'm, I'm reading those, those uh, like, the whole grand jury thing, and there's plenty of people that would have been in my age, mm-hmm. like, in that group around that time. And it just, it's just, it's really unnerving. I mean, I'm not surprised now that it happened because it's sort of been, like, a process that, has been unfolding for a while. So the fact that it was true is unfortunate, but not the most shocking thing that's happened in the past three days, but it's just, it's weird with the, uh, the knowledge that this is 10 o'clock on Tuesday night. And the story is likely to be much different by the time we get this posted tomorrow morning. What do you, what are you hearing now? And what do you think is going to happen over the next uh, 24 hours? Um, I need to be ready for TV tomorrow. You need to be ready for TV. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm going on television. It's no, it's no bullshit radio thing. It's no 50 watt Ham and Ager station like ESPN Radio. None of your recorded podcasts. <laughs> you probably know me from my podcasts. I'm pretty famous on like uh, Wikipedia, and I can't even think of places that host podcasts iTunes people you might know me nobody, from my nobody iTunes cares and, nobody cares and nobody listens so, this one may be listened to but otherwise meh. which is really too bad because I'm way too tired to be speaking reasonably um, <laughs> I, I think I, I mean I don't have any reason like factual reason to think this which is a great way to start an opinion but uh, hey, it, I don't it's, think, it's still better than half of what we're hearing uh, from the national media at this point so that's please. true I, I think uh, sports by Ben I, <laughs> oh god I hope not I'm sorry go ahead uh, I don't see how Spanier makes it through the day yeah that, 
that's my just like based on how the past couple of days have gone and the fact that they're that they're having the executive board meeting tomorrow. They're, they're and, supposedly having one tonight. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't figure that out. I had like different people asking me, like, "Do you know if it's tonight?" I was like, "I don't know. I know what I've heard, and and I know who I don't believe." Right. Uh, and I I just don't see it. He's the most obvious guy. He's the most. I mean, the one thing the president has to do in stuff like this is show up and tell everybody this is the direction we're going and this is, you know, this is our plan of action. And literally since he dropped like a just like a river of bullshit down the side of that page yeah. for that statement, like – yeah, the unconditional support statement. Yeah, like still, that, that's that's sort of the, yeah, that's that's that, that was that was the dynamite and, and yeah, well, we, among we other things. But in terms of the response, that was the, the 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 giant failing. By the time they tried to fix it, it was way too late. Yeah, I mean, we haven't heard from him since he was in his office because he looked out the window while we were there. And that's that's actually what makes me think that he might be gone tomorrow. Is that you haven't heard from him? Like he's literally hot. Hey, that's what that's what pisses me off. It's like. I'll, I'll give people the fact that, that Joe did things that he probably shouldn't have, or at least maybe morally he could have handled it differently, you know, from a following up standpoint and everything. But, like, he's the only guy out there that's talking, and he, he's essentially doing it to save his, his legacy. And I don't blame him. And, I mean, maybe he did things that he shouldn't have done, but the president shouldn't be just – throwing Joe under the bus as for the sake of public image. I mean, I didn't think anybody could do it worse than Gene Smith did. Yeah. And, and Graham Spanier, I mean, he's literally done nothing, which has got it. I mean, at least Gene Smith said dumb things like Graham Spanier hasn't said anything. So, yeah, that's the you know, the, the, it, it feels, it feels like, you know, when, when he's not talking, the longer these guys don't talk, the more the power vacuum just continues to grow and grow and grow. At least someone in the Ohio state situation felt, you know, a level of endorsement to at least go out and, and be the face of this thing. I, I think hopefully tomorrow we'll get a lot of answers about this stuff, but his, his absence to me has, it's gone from anger to, you know, you just have to assume everybody is in self-preservation mode at this point. Yeah. And I think that's, I I would love to have heard the call that came in to cancel the press conference, which apparently came from Spanier to, uh, to, to cancel the noon press conference. And it seemed like Joe Paterno couldn't wait. And, you know, this, this can't be posturing as well, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, he, he couldn't wait to get out there and tell some sort of the story. And it seems that these guys are just itching, uh, that, you know, now I think we're at the point before when we were all, well, I, I shouldn't say we were all, cause I wasn't doing this, but when people were saying, you know, let the legal proceedings play out. I think we're past that point now. I think this is going to be tried through the media immediately because everybody's in self-preservation mode. And I, I'm not sure who's accepting their fate at this point. Well, the thing that's showing up on, on, on FOS that's really where it just gets awful is the fact that people are saying that, I mean, obviously it's a message board, so you kind of have to take it for what it's worth. But the whole concept that the board knew. Well, like I said this before, I don't know if you were on the call or not, but Gary Schultz is a treasurer on the board of trustees. Graham Spanier is a secretary yeah, on, the, on the board of trustees. That. So just by that alone, it goes up to the board. And it's just, I mean, no wonder there's no inaction because if you're all, or there's no action because if you're all involved, you're all you know, in on it. Gonna, 
who's going to be the guy to turn the other one in? And you know, you, know, and you can't you can't fire yourself. The uh, the attorney general, Linda Kelly, said yesterday when asked specifically, "Will Joe Paterno and Graham Spanier be facing criminal charges?" She said, "They are not targets of the investigation." Quote at this point. Yeah. So, and, and that's a quote that I don't think a lot of people picked up on. Yeah, I mean, she, Most, she, everyone was like focused on, uh, you know, the fact that Sandusky was still bringing boys around the program as of 2007 and working out in the in the gym as of last week. Um, yeah, it's but just, that's an important tidbit. I think people missed. And it, it's just, I mean, I feel like they uh, they kind of cleared Joe a little bit more in that hearing. I mean, they kind of ran him through the "Why weren't you doing more?" ringer. But I mean, I just. It's going to be bad. It's sort of ironic that Penn State can do so little wrong, and they're literally just going to just just charred earth with this thing by the time it's all done. Or at least that's what it looks like now. It it, it is, and, and there's no coming. I mean, from an image standpoint, there's no coming back from it. No, there, there isn't. Mean, you know, there 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 just is not. And granted, well, this will be the defining move of the school for effectively our whole generation. Yeah, that's a long time to have to have this kind of. SMU is pony excess for a generation and plus it's, it's, I don't see what's so, what's so terrible is it's poisoning the school. This isn't just a football. That's the thing. Yeah, it it is poisoning the school and it's tarnishing the reputation of the school and it's tarnishing the reputation of the people who had nothing to do with it. And there, you know, there are people who are saying that they're not going to give to the university or they're not going to support the program and they're not going to go to the games. They're not going to donate to, to Thon. And, you know, it, I get all that because uh, I, rage is still the prevailing emotion at this point, and it should be, in my opinion. But it, it, in a very real sense, you know, you're punishing those people, you know, the ones who are doing it right. And, and I get doing it as a protest, but these guys are—they're they're all going to be gone soon anyway. So don't, don't withhold from Penn State. <laughs> you know, all, everyone involved is going to be gone, whether by their own volition or otherwise. And we're going to, and Jones pointed this out at at the Patriot News tonight, we're going to be looking at a situation where more likely than not, and this is as close to a certainty as you can get, you're going to have no university president or a new university president, no athletic director, no head coach, no assistant coaches. They're all going to be gone. So who, who does the hiring (laughs) during, during the, during the most important part? I mean, you don't want. You don't want to go towards the end of recruiting, and, and granted, it's the last thing anybody should be worried about at this point. But it's it's still a factor. How far back is this going to set the program if there's such a power vacuum that nobody's around to to get the program moving onward? Well, you, yeah. you still have to have the power struggle to to control the school, which is either going to be from someone within the school, or it's going to be just a ridiculous, complete clown show if it if it goes all the way into the you know the government hands. And I'm seeing on SB Nation that. You know, there's U.S. senators calling for investigations, and of course, they're, 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 it's, it's going to it's th- this whole thing is going to be a parade for at least twelve to eighteen months. So I, I don't know how. By the time you know those fights are fought, the athletic director fights are fought. The you know how do you get how do you get anything as low down the totem pole as head football coach stabilized in the next? Like you said, you have three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are people. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in it, but I, I, I've had people tell me that, like, they've seen, I've, like, literally seen Urban Meyer in State College, and it's that whole, like, oh, I saw so-and-so at the at the tavern. 
but they'd like seen him outside of town and and like i don't know if it's true i mean there it makes sense if he was here earlier because he's calling the game but i just i don't know at this point urban meyer has like six houses in 14 different states so like i i just i don't know it's it's gonna be awful it really just is i don't i don't even know how you fix it at this point well, we'll, that was pretty doom and gloom. <laughs> we'll, we'll end this now. I, I should uh, do my duty here and inform you you have gained 75 more followers since the last update. <laughs> hey, Ben. Ben, I want to say before we go, um, I really want to commend you not just for your work today, but for your, your civic duty in telling people they should go vote. <laughs> because that was my favorite part of the entire day when, when after gaining like – 8,000 followers over the course of eight hours. You said, now everybody go vote. Don't pollute. Yes. <laughs> Give a hoot. Crash. Give oh, a hoot, dude. God damn it! Give a hoot. You changed the future of this country, Ben, by, by getting right. people to the polls. And, and in all seriousness, you've, you've done an awesome job. I know we've said that several times. but Yes, yeah, so I, uh, I, I could not be more happy for your, uh, for your success today. It's, it's well-deserved and... Uh, yeah, you you made a, a a brave choice in sort of going back on your major in political science and pursuing a career in, in sports. So it has paid off today, and I hope it continues to do so. And I maybe next it. week we'll see you on Around the Horn. <laughs> <laughs> Bobani Jones, Ben Jones. Oh my God! I actually, when I was on the phone with when I was on the phone with Scott Van Pelt this evening. <laughs> yes, Scott. of course. <laughs> Yeah, you go can, on. You can just call him Scott now, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Scotty and I were chatting it up, <laughs> uh, he was like, I know you write for Black Street Diaries because I've read the site before. So we've got that going for us. Good. <laughs> Good Either glad. that or he's making it up. I, I, I like to think bald people don't lie like that, though. <laughs> I, I like to I like to think that Scott Van, Pol- uh, Scott Van Pelt is lying to get on your good side. Probably. He, he wants <laughs> he's just buttering you up to get you on the show. It happens all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to have to get a publicist or something. I mean. <laughs> you, you you laugh now. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to have to start. Uh, do, do I get in on this, by the way? Um, we're going to have to start charging you appear, uh, appearance fees for you. <laughs> and, uh, we're, we're all going to fight to be your agent. Oh, God. <laughs> Great job, my man. Um, Kevin Patrick will uh, talk to you very soon. And, and then we look forward to the videos tomorrow. And for the uh, 100th time. Great job. Thank you.